Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse 8 and Kate will break it down for you now. It's a game show, Kate. It's a game oh. show. We're starting with a game show. It's called Who Should We Cast in That Role? Oh, fun. I'm going to show you three picture book characters that we have read before, and you're going to tell me what the best celebrity actor was to play them. If you were to turn this into a movie. Live action or would this... Live action, baby. Oh. You must tell me who the best live action actor would be to play each of these roles. Like, Are you ready? Like the Mike Myers cat in a hat thing. I'm not going to show you any cats. Okay. The cat in the hat will not make but That's what presence. you mean by live action. Yes. Okay. Yes. That's what or I mean Jim by live Perry action. Jim Carrey and the Grinch sort of I thing. I literally don't mean that, but yes. Yes. With humans <laughs> yes. playing roles like Steve Carell in Alexander and the Terrible No Good Very Bad Thing. Okay. Right. Got it. Got it. Got Only it. he didn't play Alexander. That was the movie's flaw. So, oh. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right, are you ready for number one? Yes. Number one is Mr. Gilly from Trashy Town. Who should play Mr. Gilly? What if it's Chris Pratt circa Parks and Rec era? Okay, that is a very good answer. We will accept that. The correct answer was John C. Riley, but we will accept Chris Pratt in Parks and Rec because they did have scenes together in... Uh, that movie that Chris Pratt made that one time. <laughs> you know that one. Guardians oh. of the Galaxy, that thing. Right. <laughs> Moving on. Number two. All right. The number two person is Miss Rumphius. Miss Rumphius with all those lupins. Who should play Miss Rumphius? Uh, Maggie Smith, circa about 1970. Very good choice. We would also have accepted Meryl Streep, but uh, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Younger Maggie Smith. We accept that. And finally, <laughs> this is the this is the ultimate difficult level. For this, we will not need um, what the person looks like, just what their voice sounds like. Are you ready? Okay. It is the Very Hungry Caterpillar. Who should do the voice Ooh, of the Very Hungry Caterpillar? That's tough. It's very difficult. Kevin Hart. <laughs> all right. All right. You know what? I'm going to say uh, maybe, though we would have also accepted Patton Oswalt. So, yes. Very good. <laughs> Thank you for playing, everyone. That was Who Should Be Cast. And... I am Betsy Bird, and you are? I'm Kate. And what is the name of this podcast? Um, Fuse 8 and Kate. That's but, right. But but I think we should put this t- this quiz up on Instagram. Oh, absolutely. And I agree. With I each hear, of these pictures. Yeah. yeah I, I want to hear what other people think should be the voices I'm sure people well. were playing That's along at home game. the entire time. Thank you. I thought of it today. But what do we normally do on this podcast? We talk about children's picture books. We do. And uh, And what about them? And if they're good or not. That's correct. Today, we got a request from last week. So last week involved strawberries. Yes. And then someone sent in a suggestion for this week that also involves strawberries that also we had not done. There really are, and I mean this truly, only two strawberry-based classic, or potentially classic, I shouldn't get ahead of myself, picture books in, in the oeuvre. And, uh, and we'll be doing number two. This is a strawberry-centric series if someone can think of a third in september (laughs) when they're not blooming nor are they going to bloom for another what 10 months or something like that yeah they're 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 nowhere to be seen so that's okay it's the end of summer 
It's the end of strawberries. We're By gonna, gum. We're, we're going to do some, we're gonna we strawberry this the heck up. <laughs> All right, I'm going to pull out the book. Here we go. The little mouse, the red ripe strawberry, and the big hungry bear. Yay! Why is it that strawberry books always have the longest titles? Like the gray lady and the strawberry snatcher. Well, I just wanted to call this one the the big hungry bear. The big hungry bear is a great title. Then I noticed that there's little tiny font above it, and even tinier font above that. And I was like, well, I guess I got to read the other stuff. Why choose a short title when you can have an extra, extra long one? Yeah, that is correct. Now, uh, this is by Don and Audrey Wood. You may remember them from such books as The Napping House, Pink, or uh, King Bidgoods in the Bathtub. Uh, change up their style a little bit from book to book. This one. I read a long time ago and do not have much of a memory of, so I'm going to be very interested uh, in your thought process uh, as it involves this book. Okay. Okay, go read that book. Okay. Okay. While Kate does her read, let's learn a little bit more about, we're just going to call it the Big Hungry Bear. It's just easier that way. It, it honestly is. So I was looking for information about this, and this is how this is how slow my brain works. Um I was looking around and I was like, well, it'd be nice if I saw like an interview with Don and Audrey Wood about the book. Oh, look, there's one. It's on their website. There's a link. There's a link to, oh, it's about the republication of, of the big hungry, hungry bear. Well, that, that's fantastic. Uh, so I'm reading through it and I'm enjoying it and I'm going through it. And then I get to the interview portion and I see that the interviewer uh, is one Betsy Bird. I had no memory of this whatsoever. And as I'm reading through it, I'm like, this okay in my defense it was two whole years ago i can't be expected to remember every person i've interviewed in my entire life okay so the deal is with this book and this is a really crazy story actually uh this book was published back in 1984 and when it was published it was included in a group of nine titles which was sold to a uk publisher under a royalty contract but after a year and a half with no royalties earned uh, the two of them decided to take advantage of a buyout clause in the contract. So besides selling their copyrights, they also sold the original art for a nominal sum. And so they say, you probably assume we were insane, but we were also young, broke, and desperate to find a way to work on new books. The income from our sales of rights and art to our UK publisher gave Don the year he needed to create the elaborate oil paintings that illustrate The Napping House. In retrospect, not a bad investment. Without that sale, Don would never have had time to illustrate The Napping House the way he wanted. We basically forgot about our nine earlier books and continued creating books. And then eventually, uh, they were given a chance to basically buy back the rights. It gets a little confusing, but essentially, uh, in 1976, a U.S. So right there. U.S. copyright law was passed that allows creators, usually young and broke like us, to recapture their U.S. copyrights 35 years after selling them. So with the generous cooperation of Child's Play, they once again own the U.S. rights to all nine of the titles they sold in their youth, which I just find absolutely fascinating and the only case with a children's book, certainly, where I've ever heard of this happening. And we're back. Hello. Hello. Were there strawberries? There was one. There was one? One single All strawberry. All that buildup and there was just a single strawberry in the entire book? Hey, look, the title doesn't say there's strawberries. No, it, it wasn't. Just says, the multiple just abundance of strawberries and the big hungry bear. Yeah. No. 
Nah. So this is weird. The book? Well, the book you gave me is oh. a book inside of a book. Um, so you have your hmm. hardcover front yeah right? you can hear that i'm knocking on the front yeah i can hear that uh and then you open it up and then there's a is there like a plastic is there like a paperback inside a hardcover Here, hand sure, me thing. Hand sure me is thing. because when you even look at the back there's your back All of the right. book is this a paw then print then it... oh is it it is it's paw prints okay so this is what paw prints does they do this for libraries to make them last longer, I guess. Because oh. if it was a paperback, it'd get it all damaged in the grimy little hands of children. I've never heard of paw prints before. Yeah, it's called paw prints. I'm not sure if that's a Baker and Taylor thing because they have a whole cat thing going on. <laughs> I, just, like, yeah. I open the book and I'm like, oh, there's the title page. Oh, there's the title page. <laughs> you can never <laughs> have enough title pages. Yeah, you I can, say the it. more, the merrier. No, we're good. Title page wise. Well, one is fine. All right, fine. <laughs> so we meet mouse and we know that it's named mouse because mouse is capitalized oh yes and yes mm-hmm. yeah yes. only one in the universe one mouse gotcha. yep. uh so we meet little mouse mm-hmm. little mouse has a hammock in his front that yard that is a sweet hammock it's I am very in, cute i'm experiencing a lot of hammock envy recently and that is a nice looking hammock ah yeah so we learn that the narrator is essentially having a conversation a one-sided conversation oh, with the main character. Interesting. So That's not something you've seen the very fourth often. wall. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Mouse has a ladder. Mm, a tiny ladder. A mouse-sized ladder. I call it his strawberry-picking ladder. Ah, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the narrator's asking, uh, oh, are you going to go pick that red ripe strawberry? And Mouse is looking very proud he of himself. He looks pretty darn pleased, I'm yep. just saying. Yeah. And the, Counting his eggs before they hatch, perhaps. And the illustrations are so... They're realistic, but with, like, a very small hint of cartoon. Yes. Using what looks like, to me, colored pencil. It could be different, oh, but... Oh, Lord knows. I don't know what technique he used. Pastels? I have no yeah. idea. Yeah. Yeah. Unclear. Unclear. Uh, and the narrator says, but haven't you heard about the big hungry bear? At which point... You can understand everything the mouse is saying through his ears. Yeah. <laughs> they're either Aww. Yeah, they're either completely up or completely down or they're behind his head. Wide and shock. They're, yeah, uh, they're slightly yeah. They're floppy or they're Floppetied. or they're sticking straight up. They're adorable. Yeah. It's no, kinda like a dog. You, you can really... kinda understand what's going on just by looking at the ears. I guess that's why we think it's so cute, because of dogs, maybe? Because we it's not like our ears do anything. We don't see a person's ears. If we saw a person do that with their ears, we would worry for that person. <laughs> We'd say, what's up with the cartilage Well, now there? I have ear envy. I didn't know I, that was a thing, I, it is but now. now I have I've it. I've invented it. <laughs> and, Pay uh, me money for it now. Th- the narrator saying, oh, how that bear loves red ripe strawberries. And the mouse is frantically trying to get... I left oh, out loud. Oh, is that what he's doing? I, I left out loud at this page because the mouse is frantically trying to pull the strawberry off of the Yeah, stem. you got like, a real sense of like almost like a Warner Brothers cartoonish like... Ah, ah, it, ah, the page ah, looks ah, like it's vibrating and it kind of made me nauseous, but it made me laugh too. It's pretty awesome, actually. It's a great illustration. It's a very well done you, you illustration. You can see the franticness of the mouse trying to get the strawberry off as soon as he gets. Yeah. Just run, pull, 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 if they pull, hadn't pull. made this book, the woods could have done album covers. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so again, uh, we the ears are saying everything. He mm-hmm. gets the strawberry off 
But uh, the narrator says, oh, brown bears, or yeah, bears especially love strawberries that have just been picked. Oh, man, now you're just messing with him. Right. Narrator, you're just being mean. Poor mouse. Yeah. He has his ears, like, He's behind his head. He's already freaked out. <laughs> like, you could have mentioned that before, but you chose not to. That was your choice. So frantically, the mouse is trying to bring the strawberry home. And the narrator is saying the bear's going to tromp through the forest, sniff, 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 to find the strawberry. Meanwhile, there has been no sign of a bear anywhere. It is just the narrator no. trying to scare the mouse. Yeah. But. To what end? I got curious. Mm-hmm. So on the page where the mouse is carrying the strawberry, I wanted to know if that was realistic. Oh, could a mouse carry a strawberry on its back? Yes. So the average weight of an extra large strawberry is 27 grams. Okay. Yeah. The average mouse weighs 40 to 45 grams. Okay. So far, so good. But it can carry 120 to 160 grams. Oh, my. That means it can carry, an, an adult mouse can carry one and a half to two times its body weight. So, yes, it is very plausible that it can carry a strawberry on its back. So, what you're telling me is that this book is scientifically accurate to every possible degree. Uh, every what? possible degree. <laughs> Everyone, Kate. Uh, All of them. Well, <laughs> first to last degree. That's what I'm talking about. Okay. And so the narrator, again, is just causing problems and Being saying, a jerk. Yeah, it's like, well, you can't hide a strawberry pretty much and that's what the narrator is saying and the mm. mouse the sweat pouring off of the <laughs> mouse's head because he's trying to bury the strawberry in his yard he's, yeah. he's using a spoon as like a shovel that's what that's what it looks like whenever i try to bury something i don't make it deep enough for the roots and the roots are just basically sitting on top of the dirt like yeah. that's exactly what it looks oh, like and the, and the poor mouse he's just freaking out because it was knows, his strawberry mean narrator yeah he's like i he's like i can't hide it what i'm gonna do and the narrator's like, you know, it, it doesn't matter where you hide it or who's guarding it. And you have this <laughs> illustration of the strawberry wrapped in chains in a giant lock. Is there a padlock? There's a padlock. Yes! And, I'm very excited about and the, the mouse is, I'm getting flashbacks of Wizard of Oz. In the, oh, it's doing like the, oh, we, oh. Yes. We, oh. And it, but it's holding a key going back of and forth. Of course it's holding a key. But I do like the upturned tacks around the strawberry I thought, oh nice i thought that was detail. a nice detail yeah nice detail yeah <laughs> i mean how's a bear gonna get into your house anyway bears are huge well, he, right. and, the, and the mouse has barricaded the door he's nailed some planks of wood Surely up against there the... are easier strawberries to get that's all i'm saying i mean he didn't barricade the windows but no he didn't just so. the door <laughs> well he but, wasn't thinking this one but too. apparently you know he, you know the narrator is saying guarding it's not gonna help so and disguising it's not gonna help either but i love the right. fact that it's... the mouse has tried to uh disguise the strawberry using one of those glasses groucho glasses no- yes with That's the nose and the mustache yeah. but not only did the mouse have groucho glasses for himself he had a big enough pair just laying around for the strawberry. I love that. He just happened to have a giant strawberry-sized pair. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just laying also, around in his tiny little house. Any book that has Groucho glasses instantly becomes better. <laughs> instantly. It, that's just a rule. This book, it makes you laugh. Like, from, yeah. like, the frenzy of pulling the strawberry to now we got Groucho glasses. And which... there's different kinds of humor, too. I'd say there's, like, the physical comedy, but then there's also, yep. like, just the psychological weirdness of Groucho glasses <laughs> on a giant strawberry. So. Yep. And, uh... The narrator's like, well, there's only one way that you can possibly, you know, make sure that this big 
imaginary never has ever existed before hungry bear yeah it's gonna get your strawberry you have to cut it in two which is what the mouse does he mm-hmm. grabs a knife he knocks over the table you know he, he puts the strawberry on the ground and cuts it in two mm-hmm. and then the narrator says you share half with me uh-huh, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. but i again I love the attention to detail. The the strawberry juice on, on the, the knife. knife. Yeah. That is clever. That is clever. You wouldn't think about it because, you know, if you're cutting mm-hmm. strawberries with a knife, you're, it's not going to be that big. But because this is a mouse and a mouse size yep. you know, knife and strawberry. Yep. It, I mean, it's like a sword to him, basically. Exactly. So, yeah, it's it's huge. Yeah. And I just love that also attention the, to detail. The, the, the painting on the inside of the strawberry. Very well done. The man obviously had seen... or. I think Audrey also helped with the art, so I think they had definitely seen the inside of, <laughs> of strawberry a strawberry. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the narrator says, and then we'll both eat it up. Which I'm like, wait a minute. Why should the mouse share with the narrator at all? Yeah. Why is the mouse trusting this narrator? Mouse has been picking strawberries for so long that he has a strawberry climbing cha- ladder, yeah. yet believes that there might be a bear that exists we'll out there. believe any passing fancy that there is some mythical bear out there. I'm sure the mouse has seen a bear before. Well, because clearly that's... there's some of the traumas coming through. Right. That, yeah. But I can't believe that this has ever been an issue before right but the narrator is making it an issue just so that the narrator can get half the strawberry i mean is the narrator a bear is that what the twist is at the end oh maybe that's i mean they don't why the mouse is like like, okay is it a bear wearing groucho glasses and that's why the mouse can't recognize that it's a bear doing this entire we never see the narrator so we never do oh yeah but Then at the end, it's like, now that's how you get rid of a giant strawberry from a non-existent mm-hmm. bear. And then it says the end, and the mouse is laying in the hammock. It's got the, the oh, stem of the strawberry as a hat. We used to call those Kermit the Frogs because it looked like the thing around his neck. Yeah. Oh. But the mouse is making what looks like an American okay We're hand all sign. okay. Mm-hmm. Um, isn't that sign offensive in other yes, countries? Yes, be- well, it's also offensive in America because right-wing groups have uh, attached themselves to it. We oh. found that out during... Remember those early days of the COVID pandemic when we were all doing Zoom together for the very yeah. first time? And then we'd like, okay, and it'd be like... Everyone would go like, okay, at the end of like a call. And then we learned that it was like super... So we had to change to thumbs up. So even now, when I'm like on a Zoom call, I'm like, we all done? Okay. And everyone puts their thumbs up instead because they don't want to do... Yeah, so that's, yeah, and I think think it's other countries as well. I think you're right. Yeah, Yeah. I think, so that's a bit problematic. Yeah, let's change that to a thumbs up, but yeah. Mm -hmm. And then we get, and then we get to the, let me tell you, the back of this book has something that confuses the heck out of me. Yeah. Let me read you what it says. Oh, okay, sure. It's two sentences. Okay. The little mouse will do anything to save his strawberry from the big hungry bear. With you so far. The bear holds all the cards, but who is playing the fox's role? I'm sorry, what? Did, is this from a different book? Wait, is the narrator a fox? And you're only telling us this now. Or or is the Boy. bear the... But the bear's not real. It's the bear. Is the and bear where's the... that shadow coming from? There's and... a shadow of a bear, but I thought... Is it a... Where is a... this fox coming where's from? fox? There's no fox unless There's the no fox, fox is the narrator. There's the fox. The fox the would bear, eat the mouse. The bear. Foxes don't care about strawberries. It says the bear holds all the cards, 
Well, in the no, mouse's mind, in the mouse's mind, like the narrator's like building the bear up to have all the cards. Yeah. But who is playing the fox's role? Okay, Sorry, so I, I read it as whole. This role. book originally came out in England, even though they're American. It, it came out originally in England. Is this a term that the British have? Like, oh, that's you, that is. You're playing the fox's role now. <laughs> hey. You know, <laughs> the fox's role. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. With your uh-huh. aluminium. Okay, yes. yep, yep. Pitcher, apples and pears, yeah. apples and pears. <laughs> 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 it's not, nope, it's nothing. Nope. Yeah, okay. okay. Uh, yeah, so, I. by the way, I did not credit properly who had most recently suggested this book. It was last week in our letters section. It, it was Kirsten. So thank you, Kirsten, for, for suggesting this. Also, back in 2020... When we were doing this, uh, now since we're talking about 2020 these days, John Sellers suggested it way back then. I, I just discovered that in me old emails. Oh. So many people have suggested possibly more. And you've more. ignored all of them. Yeah, usually. <laughs> but now I'm running out of books. I start. I gotta start like dredging through the old uh, suggestions to figure out what to do. So yeah, ratings time. Okay, I think this is a very cute oh, book. Yeah. But it's definitely for a younger audience. It is, but that's good because it's really hard to find book picture books for the younger audience. Everyone wants to write the witty older stuff. Nobody wants to write for the for the young youngs. Well, yeah. I love the attention to detail, like the juice off of the knife mm-hmm. and the illustration of the mouse's ears in the different positions. And it's funny too, which is nice to see. Oh, so nice. I don't understand the back of the book commentary. What the, I okay, Fox's literally role. when before I gave this to you, I checked it out of the library and then I read the back. I did read the back and I was so as you were reading to me just now, I kept waiting for the fox. Fox never came the whole Betsy. time. Bear and never then came. I was like, fox maybe never came. I remembered that wrong. And then you read it around like, nope, nope, nope. But I could see this as a bedtime story year round. So oh yeah, I, any any season. Yeah, I mm-hmm. wouldn't call this my favorite book, but. If you gave it a shorter title, I'd give it a seven. But until then, I'm giving it a six point seven five. Yeah, I'm with you. It's it's again the illustrations are fantastic. It's very simply done. Um, it has an unreliable narrator, which you don't often find in picture books, especially for picture books of the very young. So it allows maybe a slightly older kid to kind of be in on the joke that there's probably not a bear, whereas the younger ones might be just not get that at all. And I like that it can work on different levels. Um, it is not my favorite either. And I don't know why, because you would think those Groucho glasses, I mean, they do give it some extra points, but I, I'm actually more of a 5.5 on it. So, okay. Yeah. Well, if with our scores combined, it's a classic. It's a classic! Right. And just to tie back to the beginning of this episode, who would you have the narrator be? Okay, I'm going to go character actor with this one. Uh, are you familiar with the, the vocal stylings of Mark Evan Jackson? He was Sean on The Bad Place. Yes. He's been on uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Uh, he was obviously most classically on The Babysitter's Club. Uh, <laughs> I believe him with his very serious voice slowly making it very clear that he, in fact, wants to eat the strawberry. I think that would be hilarious. Who would you choose? Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Oh, that'd be a good one. That would be a good He's a good voice actor. Yeah. Yeah. I've been very impressed with him over the years. Letters time. Ooh, my favorite part. Yes, so the, most of these came from Instagram actually because people just loved our last book, the what the Gray Lady and the Strawberry Snatcher. They just couldn't stop talking about that one. 
The first, so of course, that means that all the names here are going to be completely wackadoodle <laughs> usernames because we're talking about Instagram. The first one comes from Bevan Hall. I went and looked at a copy as soon as I finished listening this morning. So many lovely details in the art that you didn't have time to talk about. I'm surprised you didn't mention the mushrooms growing in the strawberry snatcher footprints, though. I, I have no memory of this. I didn't notice. I didn't notice either. That's my bad. That's all right. What is that even supposed to mean? If he's creating fungus, is he like a nature spirit? But fungus isn't Or he plants. never washes his feet, and oh, so right. it's Maybe. just really, really gross. Well, that's just gross. Yeah. Well, I'm not, I'm not sorry we missed it. Okay, excellent. <laughs> then we had uh, Eula Girl. Oh, she had she had a couple good comments here. So she said, uh, back in the late 80s, early 90s, this book was very popular among teachers. I have no idea how they used it. Art? Writing prompt? Scare the kids into eating fruit? All of the above. All of the above. <laughs> and then magnificently, she says... So we had a picture where there's a woman on a skateboard with a bucket, uh, we thought, full of snakes. And she says, the skateboard lady is actually carrying a bucket of eels. That doesn't make it any better. <laughs> you can see their little fins and gill slits better on the next page as they fly through the air. I'm betting they are Japanese eels used for Yunagi. And uh, then she gave us a little link to that on, on Wikipedia. No relevance to the story as far as I can tell, but as I had mentioned, uh, the creator of the book, Molly Bang, had spent a lot of time in Japan. Oh. And in fact, when she initially showed the book to Ursula Nordstrom, Ursula Nordstrom said, hey, there's a lot of Japanese influence in this book. And she was like, I lived there for many, many years. So clearly that's where the eels came from. Because who doesn't like a bucket full of eels once in a while? Were they shrieking eels? <laughs> Beware the shrieking eels. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Grown-up things we like. You go first. Okay. Uh, so I started watching The Dropout on Hulu. And this would be the Elizabeth Holmes story because, you know, I can't get enough. I can't get enough of the Elizabeth Holmes story. I don't know why. I've done it all, baby. I did the documentary and I did the podcast and I did the... I did not read, I did not read the books. Uh, I guess that takes too much time. But yes, I am watching, oh God, what's her name? Amanda Seyfried? Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's playing her. She's too short. The whole thing with Elizabeth Holmes is that she towers over people. I mean, that's sort of the cool thing. So it's a little weird to see this tiny, this tiny woman uh, portraying her. But she does like the weird stairwell. And, and that's good. I've only watched one episode so far. They're definitely trying to give some backstory it's amazing the stuff and i had heard some of it before that they put in there and then there was stuff i didn't know like her dad worked for enron when it went down so you know he wasn't responsible for it but like daddy like daughter so there you go uh it is a it is a fun fun thing to watch and i'm doing it very much right now okay i have a other fun thing that you should be watching Ooh, what's that yeah, people should stop listening to the podcast right now and just watch this right now. Okay, what is that's it? How what much is it? I, what is it? That's what how is much it? I love it. All right. She-Hulk. Oh, She-Hulk. On Disney+. Plus. I have heard that it is much better than the ad campaign. The yes. Ads, the ads. Okay. <gasps> this is a new miniseries that I thought was going to be completely lame, and I put off wanting to watch it because I yeah. just thought it looked stupid. It looked stupid. terrible from the trailer. Also, it's She-Hulk. Like, yeah, well, I don't mind She-Hulk, but it's I just, wanted her a little more muscly, uh, like... Well, yeah, you know, okay. like the sister and then Kanto. But, but it yeah. is funny and witty, and it's rated TV fourteen, which is interesting for Disney. Yeah. But it is because it's definitely not kid friendly. It's oh, okay. it's uh, they swear a lot, but oh. it's 
about an attorney who becomes a Hulk like her cousin Bruce Banner. Oh, it's her cousin. Yeah, and has to balance how to do her job and how to be a Hulk. There's, and what is her job? She's an attorney. Awesome. Yeah. So there are only three episodes out right now as of this recording, but after episode one, I was hooked, and I was telling people, you need to be watching this. She's a sarcastic, like, 30-something-year-old, so maybe that's why I like her. Mm -hmm. But the show also breaks the fourth wall like Deadpool does. Oh, good. Oh, good. And it's got one of the best speeches I've ever seen addressed in a TV show, and it's in the very first episode. She's having to explain to Bruce how she has to control her anger every day because she's a woman Mm -hmm. from when men catcall her or when men are like mansplaining her own job to her Mm -hmm. because if she doesn't control her anger she could literally get murdered (laughs) that's true exactly it's like oh my gosh i can relate to this yeah so being a hulk is way different for her than it is for the hulk oh that's nice yeah um, and this latest episode had Megan the Stallion in it, which... Oh, uh, wow. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's amazing. So, anyway, new episodes are out every Thursday on Disney+. Plus. If you have it, I highly recommend it. I swear it's not lame. Go check it out. Okay. <laughs> well, that's that's a very good suggestion. Yeah. So, uh, Elizabeth Holmes and the Hulk. <laughs> the she, what else? She-Hulk. She-Hulk. Yeah. I'm sorry. You're right. I apologize. Nope. Elizabeth Holmes and the She-Hulk. Yes. Yes. Excellent. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that's all we got for this week. Uh, it's not quite, it's not quite the holiday season yet, so I can't, oh, I can't on, be diving. Betsy. I know you're just waiting for it. You're just waiting. You're There's... just on the tender hooks there, Ugh. but it's not here yet, and I only have so many I can do. Just no more strawberries. I'm done with strawberries. Are you sure? Yes. Good, because I've completely run out of strawberries. Okay, good. Though, gentle listeners, if you can think of one more potential uh, strawberry-related picture book, please, please email us please at... delete that email. Use at gmail.com. Just put it in your dra- trash and uh, <laughs> pretend you never sent it. <laughs> but I will say, if you have suggestions of things for us to do, do let us know, because we like to hear them, and we do occasionally use them. Yep, and Betsy will ignore it for about two years, and then she'll get back to you. Minimum! <laughs> and until I ignore your email, <laughs> I've been Betsy. I'm Kate. Bye! Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse Number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse Number 8 Kate. Listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or Player FM. Or follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime, and our red ripe Atienza is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate, Atienza, and Betsy Bird.